Hello and welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I am Ross. And I, as usual, am Gordon. Good to see you, Gordon. Recently, you made some comments about street photography at the camera club. Not the street photography at the camera club. At the camera club, you made the statements. <laughs> and it might be worth sharing with a wider audience. Happy to do so. Certainly not a how-to textbook but definitely some best practices that actually work. Maybe before we get into the technical stuff, maybe we should explore the philosophical. The word street photography is thrown around uh, fairly liberally, but what is your take on what it actually comprises? Because uh, maybe knowing that will allow the listeners, myself included, to wrap their heads around all the other stuff that we may have to talk about. Sure. I agree that street is one of those things that is often described as something different, right, from person to person. From my perspective, street photography is what it was back when I started. It's photography of the people, the streets, the shops, the sites of a city or a town, or a village for that matter. But the key element in it, as opposed to landscape or documentary photography, is the presence of the people. So, so from what you're saying then, it's, it's a general ambiance of what is happening in that location. And the people may add probably adds to uh, to the photo, but are not necessary. Well, I'm, I would not say so. My perspective is that it's the presence of the people that makes, makes it, it street okay. photography. It's people going through their day-to-day -day lives, doing what they do. Okay. That makes street photography what it is. That doesn't mean that photographing without people is not perhaps pleasurable or fulfilling, but in my definition, and I suppose it's one of 10,000, people are always involved. Okay. All right. So with that out of the way, let's delve a bit further into this. I think there is a perception these days that people, quotes, who become subjects are a lot more sensitive these days. How do you get around that problem? That's a very common assessment, but I don't think it's correct. People are generally more unaware of street photography because every human on the planet seems to have their nose buried in a smartphone uh, until it gets raised to take all manner of pictures, and the public are in these photos, and they either don't know or more likely don't care they don't see the presence of the smartphone as a threat. So from my perspective, the general populace is not interested in looking like a target. So if you show up with a big camera, a battery grip, giant lens, and the reality is that you and the concept of being subtle are going to be light years apart, especially when you have that monster adhered to your eye and you're aiming that giant cannon at somebody. That's fair. 
And we have had some personal reports from members uh, of the club about some hostilities towards them because they weren't even photographing them. They just happened to be there. So your explanation doesn't actually solve that particular issue. Well, that's fair. So here's my solution. Don't do it. Don't show up with a giant camera and a giant lens and wave it around in what is clearly a street scenario. Street photography does not have to be secret. In fact, I disagree with it being secret, but it should be subtle. And the subject is the street, the entire scene. Not a single person on the street, unless, of course, you get an okay for that particular image. And that means having a conversation with the person. Mm-hmm. Okay. But some photographers are uncomfortable about asking people if it's okay to take their photo. I agree. And in that case, that kind of up-close and personal photography is not going to be on the available to-do list. People have very robust BS detectors. So being honest is the key. You know, we've both known photographers who've been successful or not. And we know one who, local photographer who's very successful, even though lots of people refer to him as a big goof. It's foolish because he gets great images by simply being honest and just asking for the privilege. Now, not everyone can be that outgoing, so they're not going to get those shots without being sneaky. And I don't recommend being sneaky. I know that there are a lot of street photography educators who advocate that sort of thing. They're big fans. I'm not. So what do you find works in this particular scenario? My preference is a medium wide-angle lens. Since I have full-frame cameras, for me, that's a 35-millimeter lens that's reasonably fast and not a zoom lens. Again, I'm looking for subtle. In your case, being a micro four-thirds shooter, a 17mm would be perfect for those shooting crop sensors. Something in the angle of view delivered by a 24-millimeter lens for crop is also going to be excellent. It's a great angle of view. And if you only have one lens for this purpose, that's the one to have. So why a prime? Because I don't want to have a giant lens. I don't want the bulk of a zoom, and I don't want to have to focus. So that suggests to me that you're talking about using uh, hyperfocal distance as your mechanism, as you sort of talked about in the last episode. That's precisely correct. Let me share with you my settings for street. I'll set my camera to ISO 400 because every sensor on the planet does a great job at that ISO. And even for those who worry about noise, there's really nothing to worry about. If it's an overcast day, my shutter speed is going to be about 1 400th of a second at f11. So if I fix the focus at 4, mil 4 meters, pardon me, that's it. When I do that, everything from 1.9 meters away to infinity is going to be in focus. If I have to deal with shutter speeds, I can use aperture priority to handle that. And I know I can easily hand hold that lens down to 1 30th of a second. So even if the light drops by four whole stops, I can pretty much go on without changing anything. 
So you aren't using autofocus at all? Nope. It's turned off. I'm using the physics of optics and hyperfocal distance. Basics in photography. And shallow depth of field? Well, I'm using a moderately wide angle of view lens set with the lens close to its hyperfocal distance, and that's going to maximize, not minimize, depth of field. If I have all kinds of time, I could make changes to do that, but mostly I don't, because the story is the entire scene. So you just bring the camera to the eye, compose, and shoot. I guess that makes it fairly quick. Well, it is because I pre-visualize before raising the camera. Plus, I use a small-body camera for street, and therefore, I'm less obtrusive. And folks uh, with normal DSLRs or a mirrorless camera? My latest full-frame camera is a mirrorless with a flip screen. So I started experimenting with shooting it at waist or, more correctly, chest level, looking down on the flip screen as if it were an old twin-lens reflex camera. I find it doesn't bother people as much because they don't see me pointing something at them. I'm definitely not holding it out at arm's length like some people do with smartphones because that's not only unstable, it's also goofy. And if you need more reach? Again, my idea of street is not to zero in on a specific entity, but to leverage the overall scene. The scene is the story, so zooming in isn't an issue. I'm not trying for headshots or birds. For me, street photography is a different discipline. But what do you do when you want to get a tighter image of, uh, say, a mother and child doing something on the street corner or something along those lines? I ask. Oh, what a Uh, unique uh, concept. As a former student taught me long ago, I already have the no. The worst thing is that the person says no. I say thanks and move on. No need to be rude or belligerent. Sometimes the potential subject is rude, but welcome to life. Pays your money, takes your chances, but yeah, okay. If someone wanted a camera really well suited to the street, what would you recommend? Well, in the context that we're talking about a camera that someone might use predominantly for street, that's an easy answer. Without question, I'm going to recommend the Fujifilm X100V. It's the latest in the X100 series. It's a crop sensor with a fixed 23mm f2 lens, basically the same angle of view as that 35 on full frame. It goes very effectively up as high as 12,800 ISO, and it looks good. And for those who like them, has what I think are the best film simulations going. It appears that a lot of street photographers want to make the image look like it was shot on film. Very commonly black and white film. That's a personal choice. The camera uses standard SDHC cards, and it has a fabulous electronic viewfinder. The rear screen flips up and down, and the top deck has actual real dials for shutter speed and exposure compensation. And there's a real aperture ring on the lens. The whole thing fits in a jacket pocket. It's light, it's small, there's no menu diving. And if you want, you can even shoot 4K video. But knowing most photographers as I do, that's never going to get used at all. You can get the camera in all black, 
or if you prefer a more retro look, silver over black. The challenge with the camera at the time of this recording is that finding one is difficult because they appear to be backordered everywhere. That could simply be a supply chain issue, or it could mean that there's a newer version coming in the future. Well, I have very little experience with street photography per se. But listening to this, I'd like your comments on an alternate shooting style. As you know, I shoot Olympus, and I have a few varieties of their cameras to choose from. But when I'm going walkabout, and for apologies to my Australian friends, I use one of their smaller versions. It's unobtrusive, minuscule almost. It's got a flip screen and will do all manner of tricks if it's called upon. The style I'm using more and more, which I think would work well here, is manual settings with auto ISO. You set the shutter speed, the f-stop, uh, you can adjust exposure compensation if you so desire. And you go to town, literally. They also have a 12 to 45 f4, which translates into 28 to 90, I think. It's available, it's cheaper, it's very sharp, and it's feather to featherweight. I was wondering how I got around this issue of, uh, of a zoom and the focus, but a trip to the instruction manual revealed something I'd overlooked before, which allows you to set in manual exposure a set focal distance uh, or a focus point. So uh, as I'm interpreting this, I would set the distance at what my camera's hyperfocal distance is, and you have fixed uh, the focusing issue. Mind you, the zoom may change a little bit, but changing that back is really no issue. Any comments on that? Sounds to me like a really solid solution. I didn't have auto ISO when I started doing this, so this is sort of a newer idea to my established practice. Sounds like a good one. And as long as you could prevent the zoom from creeping, then you hold your angle of view and you're good to go. I'm thinking gaffer tape. That works for darn near everything. Most of the street photography that I've seen is in black and white. Do you set your camera to monochrome or as a uh, color space? or? Well, I don't because the camera that I use street photography again your idea keep it small and unobtrusive is a rangefinder it has an optical not an electronic viewfinder so setting the camera to monochrome does nothing for me on my mirrorless i could but i don't instead i've practiced the skills to see dynamic range and can place things in that continuum in my brain when i was shooting a lot more street back on film with basic slrs there was no display at all. So you build the discipline to pre-visualize and learn to see the light. If the image is not interesting, it's not interesting in color, and it's still not interesting in black and white. Flipping color to black and white does not make a lousy image 
good. And post-processing, what would be your workflow? In well, I find that street photography for me results in more images because it's much more snap shooting, not snapshots, but snap shooting, working very fast than constructing an image. So I'm going to tend to overshoot. That means being very aggressive in my culling at time of import. I don't want to waste time on anything that could not be a print. Once the remainders are done and in the system, I look to find the best stories, and those are the images that get the work done. All right, yep, yeah, I've seen you do that before, so I can, I can relate to that. And I have to ask that ever-present question, RAW or JPEG? From what you've said, it seems like the nature of the photography does not call for a lot of fine and or extensive post-manipulation. Kind of sounds ideal for JPEG, I would think. And I suspect that that's a good answer for some people. It's not an acceptable answer for me, because I shoot with a print as the outcome. Okay. And the print is going to be 16-bit. Okay. JPEG is massively destructive. Okay. It's only 8-bit. And standard JPEG throws away over 90% of the detail before the file's even written. So... I have no use for it. Okay, fair enough. I think you made reference to this. Do, do you ever flip them to monochrome afterwards? Only if I plan to when I made the shot. Okay. Again, it comes to seeing the light and seeing <laughs> the story. It's not trying. It's not flipping to monochrome because <laughs> the color looked like crapola. Don't see in monochrome. I shoot in color. Okay. If the color adds nothing or is subtractive to the story, maybe I'll try a virtual copy in monochrome. Whatever I end up liking best is what will get saved. But again, I have to keep coming back to this idea of pre-visualizing the shot. Well, you've uh, made the whole concept of street photography sound like a fairly simple process uh, once you've got the pre-visualization and seeing the scene and what's included and what's excluded. So it sounds like your suggestion is, uh, if you want to shoot street, go shoot street. And with that, I think we'll call this episode as done. I am Gordon. I am Ross. Thank you for listening to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. Please post comments or send in a question. If you shop with BNH Photo Video... Please use our link as it pays us a small commission and costs you nothing. Until next time, peace.